This is exactly right. Hi, everyone. Happy Halloween. Hi, we have a big, exciting announcement for you. That's right. We're here at the Microsoft Theater about to go uh, do our huge live show. For 7,000 people. No big deal. No, but first we wanted to tell you guys that we are announcing our 2019 winter tour. Yeah, we're going to go to a bunch of cities we've never been to before. That's right. What's up, Hawaii? Yeah. Among other places. That's the only one we can think of. <laughs> um, pre-sale goes on uh, uh, November 5th. That's right. And first uh, tickets pre-sale go to the fan cult. So if you're not a member, go to myfavoritemurder.com, join the fan cult. There's a bunch of other bonuses. And uh, and keep your eye peeled because we want to see you in 2019. Yeah, we'll see you then. Stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Oh, bye. bye. Los Angeles. Wow. <laughs> We're Lady Gaga. <laughs> Spooky Halloween. Oh my god, my heart is oh, racing. Yeah. It's just racing. Listen to that shit. <laughs> wow, there's a, there's a lot of you. Jesus. Yeah. Thank you for Thanks for coming on up. Halloween. <laughs> on Halloween of old nights. I feel like that means most of you guys aren't parents of small children. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Us too. Thank you for doing that. Good of you. <laughs> so, um... We should explain our cost. Yes, probably be a good idea. It's not what you're you're expecting, maybe us either. What'd you say? It's not what they were expecting. <laughs> I I swear to God, I just heard footsteps over here. I'm not joking. And a an icy cold hand touched my shoulder <gasps> and said, "Do you want a pretzel?" <laughs> I was like, "No, thank you." Was the answer? So, yeah. Okay, As you so, know, Georgia and I met at a Halloween party. That's right. <laughs> Four years ago? Something like that. Hosted by a friend, Matt McCarthy. Matt McCarthy is in the house tonight. He loves wrestling. Of the We Watch Wrestling podcast. Yes, that's right. And this is essentially what we were dressed as. <laughs> and there were 7,000 people there. That's so, it was such a crazy party, you yeah. guys. Uh, you were a nurse. <laughs> I was. My mic is insanely loud. I was the Ebola nurse, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. You remember a time when Ebola was the scariest thing happening in this country? Remember? Oh, 
Just a wonderful, wonderful time. What I wouldn't give for Ebola. Ugh. Trade it in for today's <laughs> bullshit. State. Yes. Just a tiny sip of Ebola to make everything else <laughs> go away. Am I right? Uh, but mostly I picked this outfit because, or this costume, because um, they used to sell scrubs at CVS. So it was like the easiest costume in the world. And also it's not, uh, it's not a costume really. It's just kind of like wearing very light cotton sweats to a party, which with, is my thing. But with pockets. But with pockets. Yeah, that's right. And rubber gloves. <laughs> I put those in there. They didn't come with it. Those are my personal ones. And then, of course, Georgia. Well, listen. Uh, okay. Look. I was dressed as Glenn Danzig. Thank you. From the band Misfits. And Vince was dressed. We were a couple's costume. He was dressed as Henry Rollins. It was this adorable cop, you know, whatever. It was a lot more punk rock because I wasn't in front of 7,000 people. And then when I went backstage, I was like, I don't want to look like Squiggy <laughs> all night. So I have my bangs. Listen, we did it the My Favorite Murder way, which is kind of half-assed. But we're like, you'll like it. You'll like it fine. Who cares? Who cares? I feel like all of Halloween is just this weird day of sweaty scramble, to, and then you just like slowly begin to resent your friends for some reason. <laughs> it's like, these fucking assholes making me do this. Yeah, I want to stay home and eat candy like I do every night. <laughs> but no, they make me go stand at a party. So if you don't know, the rest of the story is, I showed up to this party alone, which is simply, I, I don't know how I did it. I don't know why I did it, really. I, I think someone, usually someone has to say to Karen, if you don't come, I will not be friends with you anymore. Oh, it was Matt McCarthy. That's oh, right. It was his party. That's right. It was his party, and he threatened my life. So I was like, fine, <laughs> you matter to me. Um, so I showed up and then almost immediately told a story about watching a car mow down 30 people, uh, which really did happen to me, but I was kind of telling the story as a brag um, and to get like pity and attention. It was a weird move for the beginning of a party. Very sober move. Um, and I watched the three people I was talking to who had just smoked a hint of pot, all their faces dropped and turned gray. <laughs> And I was like, oh no, I've done it again. <laughs> and then from behind them, but like, the, but like, like this, this, this I little went, hand, <laughs> tell me everything. Because <laughs> all I want to talk about is parties, is horrible, terrible things. And, and so I got so excited that this person was doing that. <laughs> and she saved my life. And then we started a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. What we're saying is go to parties. Go to parties. And tell terrible, terrible stories tell when you're there. Go to parties, be nauseating, see what happens. Yeah. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Um, should we, we have some photos of ourselves when we dressed up as kids for Halloween. We, I have to say this. We, we've never played to seven fucking thousand no. people before. <laughs> You know who else has it? Any podcast ever. This is the largest live podcast ever. Yeah. What the fuck? It's on. It's on. It's bananas. 
And now, you know, the people from things my dad fucked are going to be like, <laughs> I have to do that too, or whatever. <laughs> Go ahead. So uh, we were like, what if... Uh, <laughs> Because we actually came here to see, I'm sure you've seen the commercials for the um, Chinese dance troupe Shen Yun. We came here to see them, we to see right that show. There. We were over there. And we, we were like, this is going to be beautiful and culturally interesting, you know? <laughs> and it was a cult. It was a cult. Literally a cult. And we... We like bailed at intermission and people tried to grab us and yeah. pull us back in. We went to the yard house. <laughs> Where we, that's our cult. Never, never been happier to be in the motherfucking yard house. I was like, <laughs> yay, frat boys. Oh my God, what a miracle. <laughs> but as we were sitting there, we knew the show was booked. It was, but it was a really long time ago. And I, the whole time, was just in there going, how the fuck are we gonna do this? We don't. We don't have a dance troupe. We don't, we, don't have a, we don't have a cult, but actually we do, turns out. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, so, we've just done a lot of pre-production and we thought we'd show you some pictures to yeah. kind of get through the top half of the show. <laughs> Dazzle you, Shen Yun style. <laughs> so what, it, these are, I think is mine first. I think yours is first. We're just gonna go and sh we're gonna show you our favorite Halloween costumes of life. Can we see the first one? Aww. <laughs> what? Karen. Now, drink it in, drink her in. That's so cute. Baby uh. Karen. That looks itchy. It is. It is. It was the world's worst uh, this is proof that my parents hated my fucking guts right there it was a torture device for a five-year-old because that netting so it was my cousin lisa's costume from the netcracker from eight years previous and underneath the intensely uh barbed wire-ish brown netting on the outside i'm wearing brown tights and a brown leotard which as we all know, when you're the kind of kid that has to pee every 10 minutes is probably <laughs> the worst outfit you could wear. But we went to, now I'm having recovered memories. We went to, <laughs> I think I like the hat part though. It's nice, it's comforting. Um, you can tell by my smile that I'm having a wonderful time. I've always been very photogenic. Um, after, <laughs> this. We went to a 4-H Halloween party because oh. I'm from a farm. Remember? That's right. 4-H, it's, uh, it's like a group for kids that are, walk around in fields all day long and don't have friends. <laughs> so we went to this 4-H party and it was in a big barn, I mean, through five-year-old me, when we walked in, it was like Halloween wonderland. Oh. They had decorated it, and there was like hay bales, and there was candy stacked all over the place. I was just like, where have we come to? So they had a guess how many jelly beans are in the jar contest. And when I walked up, the girl, some 15-year-old that was taking all the guesses, mm -hmm. wrote my name down, then goes, how many jelly beans do you think are in the jar? And I go, 
15? And she goes, 500? Okay. And writes that down. And then I fucking won. Yeah. She knew. She knew what she I needed. She was like, that girl looks really uncomfortable. I'm going to make her a night. Aww. I had a jar like this. I rode home in the car. Just Hell like, yeah. I don't even like jelly beans, but I won. <laughs> and Can't. she still has it today. It's going to be a prize at the end of the night. Moldy jelly beans. All right, let's see yours. Okay, let's see mine. Uh, that's not it. Okay. There. <laughs> there she is. Are you baked Alaska? <laughs> no, I'm like a 1950s person, but look at my shoes and the carpet. Oh. Have you seen dirtier shoes? <laughs> oh, that you had been gardening that day. <laughs> it, yeah, Is no, that that's was? just what my life was like. Just the dirtiest shoes, <laughs> always disgusting. Oh, oh that's the, really good. Yeah, that's it. Was it um, a grease? Were you trying to do a grease? Sure. We were just really into like, we were, oh, you know what we were into at the time? Uh, La Bamba. <laughs> we had just seen that movie. And I, and I just wanted to be like a greaser style. Yes. So, and, but, so I dressed like this, but I refused to get on a plane because I thought I was going to crash and die, like in the movie La Bamba. You had a flight that night? What? Yeah. <laughs> so that's that. She looks stoked. I mean, she's probably so sugar high at that moment. Of all the movies, you told me, like, you know my favorite movie as a kid? Fucking La Bamba. It was like... <laughs> There's so much story, and it really happened, and it's so sad, but also a huge victory in a lot of ways. <clears throat> yeah, that's that. Oh, I have a photo to show you. I dressed someone up today. Oh. So someone on our last weekend in the Bay Area, someone makes costumes for cats. Uh-oh. Uh, her name is Maddie at Miss Maddie Makes at Etsy, and she gave me something for Elvis. So I put it on him, and he hates my guts now, but I had to do it for you. Here we go. Let's see. Oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> it's a cookie monster hat! Oh, this, this is so degrading. It's not right. They don't, pets don't like this. They don't like it. He loved it. He loves it. Look at the look on his face. And that's just his face. He's about to take out one of your corneas. That's just his face. Look at how happy he looks. His ears are flat against his head. I know. Vince, when I brought him out, Vince was like, I thought they were ear holes. And I'm like, there are. His ears are just all the way. You can (laughs) see his ears. Look at him. Oh, my God. He does look exactly like the Cookie Monster, though. He really does. It's uncanny. Truly. Oh, it made me so happy. (laughs) He took the hit for you. He did. Every time people are like, look, my little dog is an elephant. It's like, your dog is pissed off. Right. (laughs) Don't be so mystified when he shits on your new duvet next week. It's A plus B. Right. And we have one more photo of a child in a Halloween costume. Okay. It's Steven. That's right. Let's have him explain it to us. Steven. Oh, yeah, Steven. Steven! There he is. Oh, Uh-oh. yeah. <laughs> Get You're out here. Straight. <laughs> Yay. Say hi. 
I'm free. Really? This is who I was meant to be. This is who he was. There we go. <laughs> it really is him. Take this off so they c- we can prove it, <laughs> that we didn't murder you. There it's Steven. <laughs> Yay. That's you. That's me. Oh, yeah. So cute. And that's my sister. She's dressed as a witch. Oh, oh that's what it is. <laughs> Steven, do you have any memories from that day? Uh, I feel like... I got really sweaty inside that costume. Yeah. How are you doing right now inside that costume? I'm a little, I'm a little parched in here. It's, but you know, it's cozy. <laughs> it's like pajamas. And show them what it has. Oh, it has pockets. Pockets. All right. What? Thanks, Stephen. Good Steven. job. Um, Stephen. We're gonna have him cut that whole part out. <laughs> Stephen. Oh, this is my favorite murder of the yes, podcast. Yes, the comedy. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> this is Karen Kilgariff. This is Georgia Hardstark. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, yeah, this Get is... Get that out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Please. Uh-huh. It's just... It's just weird. You're being so good. We were really prepared for like insane, drunken screaming. Like, I'm a pirate. Talk to me. Yeah, you can do it now if you want to. Yeah, one now. Get it out. We can't understand anything you say anyway when you scream. I think that's the thing people don't understand when they scream at us from the audience. We can't hear what you're... It sounds like you're yelling about leaves and trees and... It's like, oh, there's an arborist here. That's rad. (laughs) It's really... Strange, but thank you so much for being yeah. here. We're stoked. Oh, we have a surprise rug from the oh, Microsoft Theater. Yeah, they they made us a rug. They made us a rug. Look at, Look at it. Can you see it? You're oh too flat. God. Don't stand up. <laughs> Look at it. It says "Look and Listen." It's gorgeous. There's there's all decorations oh, yeah. on the side. Oh, sweet shot. Is there a drone in here? How are they getting that shot? <laughs> It's my doggy. It's your dog and it's oh, my cat. She's gonna be livid. <sighs> Look at it. <laughs> I love that there's a telephone. Call your dad, you're in a cult. Got it. It's like someone listens. <laughs> it's like they pay attention to it. I know, we're not used to it. Usually we get to a venue and, and the, like, the grizzled like, people who work there are like, what's a podcast? And then they're like, it's two women? And then they're like, there's so many women in the audience. And we're like, absolutely. Yeah. And then afterwards, when they hear everyone screaming and they know that we sold out, they're like, you guys should come back. We love podcasts now. <laughs> we're changing everyone's mind. Yeah. One, one long talking show at a time. <laughs> it's just two women talking? Can't, why? Um, should we sit down? Is it time? Yeah. Look at these. These are fucking high class chairs. I mean, truly never in the history of our live shows. Also, this is like a backgammon table. It's a little backgammon y. That's cl- a, so classy. We could play checkers or chess, I guess. While we talk, <laughs> we could do so many things. Get your. Yeah, that's not, you that shouldn't go in there. All right. Oh, this is a true crime comedy podcast, everyone, just so you know. They know. They know. 
Anyone who was, you know, invited along because they had nothing to do on Halloween. Yeah, I bet bet there's a lot of drag-alongs tonight, probably. They were promised dinner. Welcome. Yes. My mom's boyfriend, for example. He's been with us since the beginning. Yeah, he has. He's a a total MFM head. Um, (laughs) We always like to warn people, though, because it's staff or you know, partners, whoever, people that might not um, listen to the podcast so they don't know what's happening or why. Mm -hmm. And so we just like to explain at the top that this is uh, true crime combined with comedy, which some people actually take offense to or they think that that's inappropriate, that you shouldn't talk about those two things together. Um, And we do and... want to uh, because that's how we talk and that's actually how most people talk about horrible things life is equally as horrible as it is wonderful and you get to talk about it however you fucking want so if you're offended you can get the fuck out (laughs) thanks um doesn't really apply to this show where people really busted their ass to come to the micro pay for parking pay for parking thanks to I mean, to all you Parkers out there, oh, big all ups. The Parkers, thank you. Parking your ass off Ugh. just for us. Every parking everywhere. <laughs> it's just. Oh, anyway. I Do, mean, does anybody here come to LA Live just to chill out and like <laughs> season pass holder? Oh, just to see the lights at night. I just love to get a bite at the Yard House. It's my favorite. See my friends at the Yard House. Mm-hmm. And, and then go up to Lucky Strike. Yeah. A few. I'm just fucking bowl with some superstars of LA. <laughs> and I don't know. It's just I can be myself at LA Live. Yeah. It's like, it's like my level of parking payment is like where I like it. Yeah. I know my car is safe. I, you know, sometimes like, oh yeah, you put your credit card in and pay $2 for parking. Yeah. I want to pay $98 for parking. <laughs> That's right. That's what I... It's how I feel most myself. Yeah. 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 Do you go first or do I go first? I think you do. Is that right, Steven? Steven, you're going to have to... I went first. Steven's backstage, stripped naked out of that dinosaur costume. You know... Looking through our shit. I have to say, too, that Vince, my husband slash our tour manager slash kind of Karen's husband, too, at this point. A little bit. I get a touch of it. It's pretty nice. (laughs) Um, I'm looking into it. He's been hiding his costume from me all week. Oh. So he said that he brought us out, and then he was like, I'm going to go backstage and get my costume. He gave me, like, a warrant. Don't go and look in my closet. Don't open packages that aren't yours. So either he's hiding a body. Yeah. And, or he's got a costume going on that I don't know what it is yet. Do you, is he going to come out, like, when he feels like it? Yeah, he'll come out when he, you know, like he normally does, but he'll be dressed as God knows what. Okay. A little nervous. Okay. A little scared. Well, I think it's perfect for Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is anyone trick-or-treating in this audience tonight? <laughs> Just going to walk around and beg for candy? Someone oh, was they, passing out candy? They've set it up so that you can? Some lady's handing out candy. Don't, Don't do. fucking eat that Don't candy. Don't candy. What, how many times do we have to tell you people? <laughs> oh, a lady's giving candy. What, do, are her eyes really close together? Does she have full eyebrows? What are you... Don't do that. This isn't a safe place. This is not a safe space. There's no safe spaces. <laughs> Don't you let your guard down. Just because you're amongst friends. <laughs>
Um, you know what we'll do? You can start at your first picture. We'll see who's, who <laughs> went first. Right. That's fun. That's right. Okay. All right. So uh, we decided to do interesting stories that are just about weird. It's Halloween. Listen, look. We're doing. We didn't want to be restricted to the city. We wanted to develop out into the theme of what does Halloween mean to you? And to me, it means the satanic panic. Yes. <laughs> yes, and it does. And specifically, the daycare sex abuse mass panic of the McMartin trial. Fuck. That's what you're doing? Yeah. Oh, that's shit, what I'm girl. <laughs> shit, girl. Y'all ready for this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, the majority of this, nay, all of this, I got from a great article uh, from the website Vox by a woman named Aja Romano. So fucking great writing. I'm going to just screw it completely up right now with my... Aja! Aja! Um, all right. So everyone remembers the Reagan era, right, Karen? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was, was like, we're living it. A lot of red dresses, dresses belted at the, right at the waist. Yes. Like, if you had a boxy waist, you were fucked. Mm. Truly. Shoulder pads everywhere. Oh, just widen it out. Get them up there. Look like a scarecrow. <laughs> well, it was also a time of population growth, urbanization, and the rise of a double-income family, meaning your mom had to get her ass to work. Right, Mom? <laughs> Janet! She remembers that. Janet! That sucked! Okay. <laughs> so it necessitated uh, a lot more daycares to be open and that was going on and everything and it freaked uh, people who were obsessed with nuclear families fucking re- fundamental religious people lost their fucking shit over this they were like the family you know think of the children and all this um, and also at that time there was this fear of unknown the unknown so there, that's when the milk carton children on milk cartons started and stranger danger became this big thing and the idea that like evil was lurking around every corner right it was crack AIDS mm-hmm. it was not a good time that's right I was there for all of it oh nuclear annihilation anyway <laughs> Um, and through it all, our good friends of the podcast, the Christian Fundamentalists. <laughs> Sponsor of tonight's show. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and their literal belief in angels and devils. Like, you guys know, like, they fucking literally believe in the devil, right? Okay, more on that later. Excuse me. What? I totally believe in the devil. No, you don't. I think he is so special. What if I, I just got hit by a lightning bolt right now? <laughs> Strike her dead. By the devil? By the devil. He doesn't do lightning bolts. Okay. That's the J-man upstairs. I feel like... Yeah. Devil stuff would be like, all of a sudden, my neck would go all the way back. <gasps> right? Woo! And I'd be... You'd be like, are you okay? Is your neck... And I'd be like... <laughs> yeah, but that's also the symptoms of you having a seizure. Yes or no? <laughs> well, I am a witch, so... <laughs> That's where it's all from. This whole time, we could have been having so much fun. Okay. So fundamentalist preachers like good friend of the podcast, Jerry Falwell, Mm. and his moral majority, uh, they gained prominence across the country because they they were preaching this literal fire and brimstone style of Christianity, fucking blah, 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 calm down, everyone. Enter. (laughs) They can't. (laughs) Enter the satanic panic. Uh, everyone's favorite panic, I think. <laughs> I like manic panic. Oh. It's more fun sure. for the hair. Sure. But 
We don't have to pick favorites well, right now. Well, we kind of do. Okay. By the mid-80s, a wave of, oh my God, amaze, amazing. Please go on YouTube later tonight and find the uh, videos, that seminars, tutorials, and educational videos aimed at authorities and religious fanatics, teaching them, like cops and therapists and preachers and born-again Christians, teaching them what to look for when, uh, when dealing with Satanists. I have a photo from... Um, the law enforcement guide. What? Uh, Legit. This is oh. from. Oh, hello. Walking through the park. Whoa, oh my god. This video is a fucking treasure, and I highly recommend you watch it. It's called The Law Enforcement Guide to Satanic Cults. This is fucking real. Also, that is not the right way to make a fucking pentagram. <laughs> Yes or no? <laughs> I'm no, not no, even no. a Satanist. Yeah. Also, whose side is he on? I know. I don't. I think he's on uh, U2's side. He's like, he's the first cop Satanist I've ever seen in my life. You can trust him because he's got a fucking mullet. Uh, he's Tom Petty's stuntman. <laughs> Why does Tom Petty need a stuntman? <laughs> so many questions. So the, many questions. Remember the video where he cut the girl up because she was cake? Yes. That's going to be my reason. <laughs> I mean, truly amazing stuff. Okay, so everyone's losing their shit over Satan. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, the media, of course, too, was like, let's get up on this and scare the shit out of everyone. Ratings, <clears throat> jump. Right? So uh, it's, it soaks the fuel and misconceptions surrounding occult practices. In 1988, our good friend Geraldo Rivera yes. made, a, made a, um, a documentary that went on TV. It was called Devil Worship. And I need to say it in his voice. De Devil Worship, exposing Satan's underground. It became the highest rated televised documentary uh, to air up until that point. People were like, let Geralda tell me everything. <laughs> I trust that mustache. Yep. If anyone knows about the devil, it's that motherfucker. That's right. And Vince, unprompted, told me that when he was a little kid when this came on, so he was like 10, he watched this documentary, scared the shit out of him. The next morning, he woke up with the flu and thought that the devil had possessed him. Aww. Like, that's essentially what it did to everyone in America, you guys. <laughs> Except for me, because I was so drunk, I didn't know what was going on. 88? Oh, that was my prime wine cooler time. You had no time for Satan. No, I was Bartles and James only. <laughs> Um, okay, and then, ba 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 ba. Okay, all these accusations of satanic ritual abuse came around. They were attached to a string of daycare centers throughout the 80s because people got really into, uh, I don't know, they just, it, it, listen, it's complicated. <laughs> um, There's lots of reasons. So, for some reason, daycares, they thought that they were bringing all these people who worked at daycares who were like, all I want to do when I grow up is take care of children. They thought that they were somehow trying to, uh, uh, I don't know. Molest them? Yes. Okay. okay. So, thank you. That brought about the daycare sex abuse mass panic. And among the many prosecutions, many, many prosecutions of satanic ritual abuse in daycares was the McMartin trial, mm -hmm. which became the largest, longest, and at a price of $15 million, in 1983 money, which today, today is, is 2.3 million Thank you. dollars. Oh wait, less. I went down. <laughs> Shit. Well, it was the 80s, right? They were having a lot of money. Damn it! It was 100 million bags of cocaine. 
in today's, in that I, money. I got so nervous for stage math. It's scary. I panicked. I'm sorry. You satanic panicked. <gasps> Maybe it was Satan. The devil, the devil made me do bad math. That's what it is. Lord, Lord. Do a, do a, do a thingy. Do it. There you go. <laughs> That's the one. That's the Catholic one. That's how you know. <laughs> um, okay. So it, it began in 1983 when a parent of a child who attended the McMartin Preschool in Manhattan Beach, California. Mm. Oh, that's right. Oh, tasteful. That was a tasteful yell. Yeah. But you know, right over there. Uh, a 39-year-old woman named Judy Johnson. Okay. She notices that her two-and-a-half-year-old son had some um, issue. Listen, how do I say this? He had some butt troubles. Okay? He had an itchy bottom. Got it. Her mom, the mom took him to a doctor to make sure everything was okay. The doctor's like, he's fine. And she was like, well, I'm obsessed with Satanism. And <laughs> I think something's well, going on. I like Geraldo Rivera. Right. So you're wrong, doctor. So she insisted that he wasn't, there was something wrong with him and something going on, even though he also said there wasn't. I mean, he was two and a half years old. How much can he say? You know, it's like. He's like, mom, my butt's fine. Yeah. This is normal stuff. But she, she ignored the doctor, and on August 12th, she called the police to say that her son had been sodomized by a teacher at the McMartin Preschool, the daycare he had been attending for two weeks. And by the way, it was a daycare... Okay, we're later going to find out that Judy Johnson is, has some mental issues. Sure. Um, we knew. I know. Yeah. So she told the investigators that her son, her two-and-a-half-year-old son, said that a McMartin teacher named Ray Bucky taught him to play doctor and forced him to wear women's clothes. Oh, the horror. <laughs> um, and that he had like, molest, been molesting him. And that he said that other parents had said similar abuse stories. So they listened to this woman. They believed everything she said. Uh, Ray Bucky is a 25-year-old. He is the only male teacher at McMartin. It's this like it's been around for like 30 years. It's just really well respected preschool. Uh, everyone loves them there. In the H 1995 HBO made-for-TV movie uh, Indictment, the McMartin tr McMartin trial, he's played by Henry Thomas, Aww. who is as an adult. No, no, no. The teacher is played by him. Right. Who is the boy from ET? Yes. What did, you, what did you think I meant? I thought you meant like Elliot as a little boy played the little boy. Why did you say, ah, oh, okay, I get it. Because it's, it's Elliot? Yeah, I don't know. It's adorable. I, I don't they make you say, ah, oh, when you talk about E.T.? I thought you were saying, ah, oh, about the, act, the adult actor. And I was like, what? No. You know what? It was the wrong response. <laughs> now that I think about it. I need to come back into my body and start doing better math and responding more accurately to what's being said. Why? <laughs> I was thinking about how fucking boxy scrubs are. And like, <laughs> this is like, you know how like Madewell is doing shirts right now that are like fucking 15 feet wide? And you're like, how am I supposed to wear that I have tits? Like this is, it's just, I'll pay more attention. If only if you don't mind. <laughs> if it wouldn't bother you. Oh, may I? I only typed this up and printed it up for you. Oh, I only worked on this for 30 minutes. No, <laughs> that's not true. 
Oh, we have a photo of our friend Ray, uh, Ray Bucky. It, it's, uh, there he is. Obviously that's him in trial, so spoiler alert. This goes to trial. Okay. He's like, this fucking sucks. Yes, that's not a happy face. No. So he uh, was the grandson of the owner of the McMartin Preschool. Her name's Virginia McMartin. She's 76 and played by Seda Thompson. Sadie? Seda? Seda Thompson. I don't know. Uh, oh, she's, she's from the theater. <laughs> I don't know. She had founded the school in 1966, and until this accusation, the school had a stellar reputation. So the same could not be said of Judy Johnson, the mother. She was a deeply troubled woman. She was an alcoholic with a history of mental illness, which I'm like, who among us isn't? But she was, like, <laughs> problematic. You know what I mean? Who among us? But, like, when you're drunk yeah. uh, and a little fucked up in the head, you get theories, and then you're like, you know what, I'm going to put this in my diary. Yeah. I'm not going to... I'm not going to take this to the public right now. Yeah. You know, you say and said, I'm going to scream this at everyone. <laughs> and then they're going to believe me. Um, and she's at the time, she was going through an ugly divorce. And so not only did she accuse uh, Bucky of this molesting, molesting her son, she also accused her ex-husband, which uh, didn't come to fruition. And in September, investigators set out to find more evidence against Bucky. They took him into prison, and before any fi files were charged or anything, they, they did a really rational, calm thing of sending uh, a letter to 200 pa parents of children who were and have been students at the McMartin School. Oh, they like people who had graduated from preschool Anyone who's ever already? been there, they sent them all a letter. And uh, in it, they asked, among other things, they said, Ray Bucky's been arrested for potentially molesting a child. D calm down, don't worry, everything's fine. <laughs> and then they said, quote, please question your child to see if he or she has been a witness to any crime or if she, he or she has been a victim. <laughs> Uh-huh. Our investigation indicates that possible criminal acts include, you guys ready for a fun list? Uh, Oral sex, fondling of genitals, buttocks, or chest area and sodomy, possibly committed under the pretense of taking a child's temperature. Also, photos may have been taken of the children without their clothing. And then they were like, please keep this to yourselves. <laughs> please don't panic. I'm not fucking kidding. This is totally, it all happened. Go ahead. I kind of couldn't understand. Was okay. the first thing on that list horse sex? No. Because oral. Got you. <laughs> yes. No, I know what that is. I do. We have a photo of it. No. No. Stop it. All the lights go out. Yeah. That's MFM after dark. Mm. Look for us on Cinemax. <laughs> um, the letter also noted that the teacher might have forced the children to pose naked for, photo, for, for pictures. I already said that. The message didn't at all send the parents into a fucking panic. No. I wrote. It's, at the end of that letter, it said, and maybe anything else you've ever feared in your life. Yeah. Yeah, the parents put it down and immediately started screaming in their child's faces, asking them if they'd been molested, and the children were all reacted calmly and, and you know, yeah, I'm it went sure great. it went great. I said that they didn't, didn't make them scream, ask their children if they'd ever been molested. So immediately you have these parents who are in a panic and these children that they are uh, scaring the sh crap out of who don't understand what's going on. Um, and so the DA turned to Children's Institute International. This is an organization that works with abused children to interview the McMartins. They, like, they interview children who have been molested and that sort of thing. And so they hire them to talk to the McMartins students and see if there's any, you know, any basis behind the accusations. 
Um, unfortunately, the, the Institute's like a head named Key McFarlane is this woman who's a little fucking crazy herself. <laughs> so they, well, cause she was like, she got out of college and she was like, what do I want to do with my life? Unfortunately, mm. <laughs> she didn't go to college. Uh Oh, she had a welder certificate. That was the extent of her education. What? I'm not fucking kidding. What? Yeah, a welder certificate. Like in Flashdance? Uh-huh. That's hot. Why wouldn't she stay doing welding? Who knows? That's how crazy she is. Oh, girl. I know. Um, no even like psych 101 shit. A licensed psychotherapist had no psychological or medical training. Okay. Mm-hmm. Problematic. Again, mm-hmm. fucking the 80s need to go to jail. Yeah, they did. They did. But don't worry, she only had to examine and interview uh, a handful of kids who would come forward after this letter came about. Only 400 children. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So don't worry. <laughs> um, so she and two other unqualified assistants were allowed to conduct their investigations. They famously used anatomically correct dolls, Uh. you know, like, show me on this doll where the bad man touched you. And I think we have a photo of Kay. Let's, or Key, I mean, let's see her photo. I think, yeah, that's that's problematic. A bald eagle? (laughs) Fuck. That's the problem? This is, I'm just saying, it doesn't... (laughs) Look at these monsters. I know. And then she would do this thing where she'd be What's like... What's that back there? Fuck. Karen, there's nothing there. What? <laughs> there's no face there. There hasn't been a doll like that in <laughs> 25 years. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. That's my character. There hasn't been a blank like that around here. And now it's 25 years, which isn't that long no, ago. No, it's not that yeah. long. I don't know. It's, it's still my fav- one of my favorites. <laughs> followed, followed closely by drunk Karen. <laughs> She's here. She'll make an She'll appearance tonight. She's don't a special. <laughs> and then I'm going to have a ladder rolled out and do my one-woman show. It's going to be <laughs> a so good... Okay, so they were, look at this fucking chick, and there's like transcripts of it, where she's just like, hey, Billy, uh, all your friends said that Mr. Bucky touched you. Are you stupid? I literally said, are you stupid, or do you know that this happened? Like, I'm not kidding you. No. And the kids would be like, I don't think that happened. And they're like, well, I think you're lying to me, or are you just dumb? I swear. She was just like berating them until she got the answer she wanted. Jesus fucking uh-huh. Christ. It's absolutely right. And was it the kind of thing of like, she's like, I need to do my work. No one else of like a responsible adult gets to be in the room. Well, they, everyone believed it. Everyone thought that this was really happening. I mean, everyone believed her. And when she pulled out the bald eagle and crocodile puppets, <laughs> no one was like, you know what? Let's take a pause well, no, and I mean, regroup in the conference room. That's how they did like childhood psychology and therapy back then is you act shit out but you don't like lead the witness who's a fucking three-year-old child into into being like yeah you know what now that you mention it and hey let me read you some of the shit that came that they ended up saying you also don't lead a child into just a fucking full-on insult to their face right um dummy These extremely coercive interview processes led to false memories among children, mm-hmm. meaning children are, li- I mean, we all know here children are liars. No one has one here, right? Because otherwise you'd be home with them. <laughs> children are liars. They love lying right? almost as much as they love Halloween candy. <laughs> They're both delicious. 
<laughs> so, uh, and then it led to highly fantastic claims of abuse directed at the entire staff at McMartin High School, uh, where are we, preschool. Out of 400 <laughs> children, preschool, high school. the interviewers ended up uh, coming out and saying that 359 of them had been abused. Fuck. Okay, blah, 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 blah. All right, around, around, among the many outlandish claims that children made in the case uh, it were that the daycare owners would flush them down toilets. Right. Into secret underground tunnels. Fun. Under this tiny little school um, that led them to, to transport them to ritual ceremonies. That cool. teachers, like, ritually sacrificed animals in front of the kids clubbed a horse to death with a baseball bat. No. No, don't worry. It didn't fucking happen. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> How did the horse get down the toilet? How? Seriously. Just I mean, someone ask one fucking question. Number one question. Number one. How small was that horse? Can I see that horse? Can I feed that horse a carrot? Because that's the cutest fucking horse of all time. Absolutely. Like they... they uh, <laughs> Even then, I don't think it would fit down a toilet. Like, let's think rationally, people. <laughs> let's think about toilets. Yeah. Let's get one out here. Come, Come on, on out. <laughs> that they sacrificed a baby in a church. So, like, in the middle of the day in preschool, they were like, kids, we're going to a church. We'll have you home by nap time. Grab your cloaks. It'll be fine. <laughs> Made the children drink blood, and that the teachers dressed up as witches and legitimately flew through the air. So oh. these, everyone's like, oh my God, I knew that fucking Jerry Falwell was telling the truth. <laughs> Said no one ever. Um, and took the kids to orgies at airports and car washes, which everyone knows is the best place <laughs> to go for an orgy. Because <laughs> you're just immediately clean walking yeah. through a car wash. That's right. I'm... Is it like at the Southwest Gate? How do you, at the airport, how do you at the airport? Has anyone ever at the airport? How? You know, when I'm my horniest is when I'm at an airport. Yeah. No. Oh, you're like, look at a Chili's too. You know what I love? Satan. No. So, after six, okay, I mean, there, this goes on so long, I'm not going to Also, do I just want to say, Clearly, they were led because there's so many ideas here that are not preschool-level children ideas at right, all. Right. It's like, what three-year-old talks about the fucking airport? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At all. One kid's like, I love a car wash. And she's like, you were molested at a car wash? And it's What's like, no. that you say? Yeah. But can I have candy? Okay, yeah. I'll do what you say. Um, Good job, dummy. <laughs> it's the only part of the story I like. So essentially, the, all these charges are dropped with, with the other teachers, but they're all brought... It's a six-year fucking trial. Six Fuck. years of this while they're in prison the whole time. Um, including... So it was only... After a while, it was only Ray Bucky and his mom, Peggy Martin Bucky. Let me show you a photo of this fucking Satan-worshipping psychopath. <laughs> I mean... I know that monsters are hiding among us. <sighs> You know, they look like us. They look like everyday fucking people. But I bet you anything she's not into Satan. You know what she's into? Making you lasagna. That's look, all she wants to do. Look at her afghan. 
Afghan that she's uh, clutching at court. Jesus. If you bring an Afghan to court, there should be a rule that you're innocent immediately. <laughs> get out of here. And you're like, see, I knitted it myself. Yeah. Ma'am, get me my gavel. I have to get you out of here. <laughs> I'm glad I brought this stethoscope out here. It was a good idea. It was worth it. It was so good. So... Uh, after six years of investigation and litigation, the case ultimately is, goes away due to a lack of utter evidence. The original accusing parent, remember our friend Jill? I do. She's eventually diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Um, our investigate and the, the investigation techniques used by the Children's Institute, our friend Key, uh, were thoroughly discredited by the psychological community after six years, finally in 1990, little old lady Peggy is acquitted and Ray Bucky eventually had all charges dismissed as well. The jury was like, what have we been doing for six fucking years? These poor people. Then they found out that the Children's Institute um, was just a spiral notebook that lady had in the back of her car. And she's like, I have ideas about fucking everybody's life up. And toilets. Uh. <laughs> and toilet horses. She was like, oops, this was supposed to be a novel of fiction. Oh, I fucked up and I brought the wrong notebook for six years. <laughs> she Damn was actually, it. she was supposed to write Harry Potter, but she yeah. fucked it up. She fucked it up. She got selfish. <laughs> um, then, da, 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 da. they got lucky though, because this happened all over. I mean, think of the fucking West Memphis Three. It's the same thing with the Satanic Panic. And in fact, there were two owners, this married couple of a preschool in Oak Hill, Texas, mm -hmm. who had similar charges brought against them, but they spent 23 years in prison yeah. before being released in 2013. Yeah. That was a couple of years ago, you guys. Um, despite no evidence ever found that they had done anything they'd been accused of. I remember seeing that on, I think it was a 60 Minutes maybe, mm -hmm. and it was, you could tell they purely did it because they didn't like the look of them. Mm -hmm. It was like, you could tell the people that were in charge were like, oh, get them, you know? Yeah. That guy has long hair. Yeah. It was that kind of thing. Well, were they wrong? No. Well, <laughs> I'm kidding. They were wrong. Okay. McMartin Preschool Building in Manhattan Beach was raised in 1990, and uh, the satanic ritual abuse claims relied, essentially, that was found to rely on overzealous law enforcement, substantiated? What did you say? Substantiated statements from children and false memories implanted during therapy, and above all, coercive and suggestive interrogation by therapists and prosecutors. Again... And car washes. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Aja Romano from Vox for all her amazing information. And that is the daycare sex abuse mass panic of the McMartin trial. Ugh. Ugh. Sweating. I mean... That was a sweaty one. That was a sweaty one. That was rough stuff. <laughs> oh, sorry I keep doing that. What? Jesus Christ. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to now tell you guys, great job, by the thank way. Thank you, thank you. That was very, very, very upsetting. Just like we like on Halloween. Mm. I'm going to tell you guys all about the mannequin at the carnival. The what? It's my new book of poetry, <laughs> The Mannequin at the Carnival. Okay. This all takes place at an old um, amusement park in Long Beach called The Pike. Yeah. Either someone's from Long Beach or they're getting stabbed right now in the audience. <laughs> that was blood-curdling, that scream. Although if you're from Long Beach, you would kind of blood-curdle scream yeah. for yourself, I would think. 
You would, you got to. Okay. And the turn of the century, Long Beach. You know how I like to talk about the turn of the century. Oh, Karen will not shut up about the turn of the century, Long Beach. <laughs> so the big thing to do uh, in Southern California, obviously, was go to the beach. Long Beach had this big old pier. I think we have a picture. And they had a bathhouse called the Plunge. Hell yeah. Look at it. Look at them. So this is what people who are dressed uh, from their neck all the way to the tips of their toes, they love to haul their asses on down to the beach <laughs> and stand in the sun for hours. Nothing is more fun than just slowly strolling in uncomfortable tiny shoes. Yep. Corsets. And of course, everyone's wearing their funeral blacks. Uh-huh. Important. I bet everyone smells so bad. Yeah. It's like powder. And decay. And B.O. And yeah. yeah. So uh, there was a, a red car line that went from Los Angeles down to Long Beach so people could get out of the city for the day and then go down here and, and chill out on the beach because they can't go to the beach in L.A. Anyway, <laughs> don't think about it. So it gets so popular, um, they start adding, there's a carnival, um, concessions, rides, they string lights above the walkway. Um, Charming. Right? They call it the walk of a thousand lights. This was back when lights were a big deal. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. They're like, (gasps) electric light. Is it God himself? As its popularity grows, they build a midway um, that has now like a the seaside studio souvenir photography st- studio, um, the Loof Carousel, Magruder Saltwater Taffy. <laughs> I mean, all the things that us here would just have loved to do yeah. all the time. Uh, saltwater Taffy is gross uh-huh. and tastes bad. Uh-huh. And then it rips all your fillings out. And I bet back then they had like one flavor. Yeah. It was just sand. It was like yeah. sand flavor. Alfalfa. Yeah. Um, there was, but there was your favorite pitch and skill games, pony rides, goat carts, uh-huh. fortune tellers, a weight guesser. Shut up. <laughs> I know what you shut You up. don't know it. Yeah. Um... And a variety of dark, uh, of thrill rides, amusements, and attractions. Oh, here's this picture I found that I just kind of like. Um, I don't know if it's an attraction or if it's... Um, oh, Stephen actually put Long Beach Trolley there as oh. if that's the name of it. But I just called it a trolley because I didn't know what else to call it. I like it. That's, please don't anyone go and like write your thesis about the <laughs> Long Beach Trolley. This is just another one of my lies. Okay. Um, oh, I think there's another one. This, the oh, one after God. this. No, there's going to be a bunch, Georgia. Okay, This great. story is mostly pictures. Okay, All right. Um, the next picture, I think there's, yeah. Oh, shit. Look how rad that kid is. That kid wants to fight me. That I kid think. is like, that kid saw the photographer and he was like, fucking come at me, bro. <laughs> I'm filled with saltwater taffy and I'm going to kick your ass. Oh, my right God. Now. Look at him. He has two jobs, and he smokes. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Look at, and those are little flags, and that's where the lights are. That's the walkway of lights. There's salty old Virginia. She's She's got a full bottle of gin in her purse. Oh, totally. Yeah. 
Where you want to go? The pier? Ugh. All right. <laughs> There's a penny. Leave me alone. Yeah. Get out of here, kid. Gary. His name's Gary. <laughs> it's baby Gary. It's baby Gary. Yay. <laughs> All right. Then in 1930, they build the humongous roller coaster, the Cyclone Racer. Have you ever seen this thing? No. Okay, it's rad. This is the entrance. It's 100 feet tall. Hard it's pass. It's all made of wood. You know, no? I don't want to go. Are you going to make me go on it right now? Yeah, you have to. And can we do the, the wide of it? Because it went out, essentially. The next picture is the wide. Um, it goes Holy out into shit. the sea. Guys. No. So what is your fear? Heights, we got you covered. The ocean, we've got you covered. Yeah. Weird deaths, Yeah. we're there. Like early uh, architecture that's made by like alcoholic <laughs> hobos who like <laughs> just don't give a shit. Yeah. And, and then like no licensing and that's no like right. checks and balances. That's They're like, I like roller coasters, so I'm gonna build one, see? Yeah. Right over the ocean. Yeah, insurance, we don't need insurance. Don't be crazy. <clears throat> it's all that little kid's idea. Um, <laughs> Gary is such an entrepreneur. <laughs> uh, more than a few drunken sailors who had gone down to the pier, uh -huh. for, because there's lots of sailors, sailors stationed down in Long Beach, uh, ignored the do not stand up sign. And why wouldn't you? And, I mean, it's right? your special day. If it's your day and you want to have fun your way, stand up on this insane roller coaster yeah. with no safety features whatsoever mm -hmm. and die, 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 die. <laughs> so, it had dual tracks, hairpin turns, a skeletal f frame that dangled out over the ocean, mm. like myself. And uh, <laughs> by World War II, the pike, the whole amusement area had um, grown to 15 acres. Um, and then they had, they added freak shows, they added arcades, shooting galleries, dance halls, bars, tattoo parlors. It was filled year-round with tourists and, quote, thousands of salty sailors stationed in Long Beach. <laughs> Sorry, before I go any further, I got all this information from an article on Slate.com on a website called allthatsinteresting.com. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's just this story. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> And then there's a guy named Charles Phoenix who, who has a website. You know that guy? It's all like retro stuff and he kind of explains like, it used to be nice down here. Look mm -hmm. at these pictures. Um, so that the uh, salty sailors quote is from his website. That's what reminded me. All right. So in 1950, they hold a contest to rename the Pike. Okay. Do you want to do a guess of like, a, what's a better name for the Pike Amusement Park? Oh, um... Drunk people everywhere. That no. is good. No. They, the fighting. The fighting. Uh, wave tectonics. Yes. How, how did you do that? that? Right? <laughs> they renamed it the New Pike. So. So. Uh, so. Uh, okay. That's that I thing we're like. just called it Piker. Right? Piker. Like more than Pike? Yeah. Yeah. The New Pike. Piker. 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 Well, you should have entered the fucking well, contest clearly. then. That's the thing. Clearly. That's the thing is they hold a contest and it's like the, the fishbowl is out on the desk and there's just that one piece of paper that says new pike inside and they're like, any else, any other <laughs> people have ideas? Anyone. Seriously. Seriously. Just say anything. It could be like, like wave tectonics. It could be wave tectonics. Anything. <laughs> so by the 70s, 
this place turned into like this shitty rundown carnival that looked like somewhere you'd, you, you would not have a ride away from and then be like, oh, this is it for me. Do we have a picture of what it ended up looking like? After it was like, seven, 70s New Pike is pretty sad. Cool. I like you, this shit. Close your eyes and picture it in your mind. <laughs> You're going to. Did I not have the New Pike? Uh-uh. I might have skipped that one. Well, if it comes up, it comes up, and <laughs> Stephen is fired. Anyway, <laughs> this is where our story begins. I actually wrote that down, because I was like, you're talking about this carnival so much, no one knows what's going on anymore. You're supposed to be doing a Halloween show where everyone's creeped out, and it's spooky Halloween, and instead it's like, carnival days <laughs> in Long Beach. <laughs> so, in 1976... They're filming the six million dollar man at the new pike. Cool. Right? I think that was my mom, I swear to fucking God. Oh. Look at look at that piece. Look at that hot piece right there. Mm-hmm. In his whip stitch jacket. That is a motherfucking button nose if I've ever seen one. Oh, he's just a precious man, that's all. <laughs> okay. God, that guy, he was like, I, when I was growing up, this, because this show was on from 74 to 78, mm-hmm. I think, and this is just like some of my most baseline memories, is like, oh, it's my mom and my dad, and fucking that guy in the background. <laughs> oh, wait, he was everywhere. He was humong. Um, okay, so just if you don't know, it, you're, you're like, I'm a millennial, and I won't pay attention to anything before 1999, then I'll tell you. <laughs> This was a television show. <laughs> this is what we watched before YouTube. <laughs> and it ran from 74 to 79. It was about a former astronaut named Colonel Steve Austin, who was played by Lee Majors. Oh. That's him. Very talented man. Uh, he had been given superhuman strength because the government had given him bionic implants. So it's he, a fucking true story, too, you guys. It is. Know they it. just don't want you to know yeah. about it. Yeah. He just wasn't super hot, the guy that they actually did it <laughs> no, to. No, he was kind of plain. Um, Steve Austin could run super fast, but you knew that because he was running in slow motion. And then there was like a machine sound that they laid over the top of slow motion running, and they were like, God, he's so fast. Oh, and that was CGI back then. <laughs> yes. Just some... Just some layers. Yeah. Uh, and then he also had one like real weird eye, like a, just a real sharp eye. Bionic. He's bionic. Don't worry about it. One time, Steve Austin met up with Bigfoot. Do we have that next Nuh-uh. picture? Yeah, he did. Holy Look at him. Holy shit. I mean, like, 74 to 79, it's yeah. a long fucking time. Like, that fifth season writer's room, they're like, we did the thing where he fought against Russian spot. We what about, did that already. Did he ever meet up with, and I remember this happening, like, this was a rule that had to happen on every show, the fucking Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. <laughs> you ever have to team up with them? They're all inside this Bigfoot oh suit. Oh, Yeah. Amazing. I, this is actually one of uh, a very distinct memory I have, because when I don't know if they were fighting or if they were just having fun in the forest but Bigfoot like was throwing huge logs I mean we that's all we we had no choices back then in our (laughs) entertainment we're just like no I love this I love this I want a lunchbox with this on it (laughs) motherfuckers so and now our story begins okay so 
So they're shooting an episode of the Six Million Dollar Man at the New Pike Carnival. And it's an episode where, for some reason, Steve Austin, the Six Million Dollar Man, goes on a spooky funhouse ride. Sure. That's dignified. Yeah. Um, you know how, like, government operatives, when they're fighting crime... Sometimes... Go on a funhouse? Yeah. To do so? Yeah. Perhaps he was chasing a criminal that also wanted to have fun real quick. Sure. Before he got away? Absolutely. So it was, they actually went on the, a real ride from the New Pike, and it was, called, it was called Laugh in the Dark. And I think we have a picture of it. This is one of the only oh. things, look at it, left over. Wow. Yeah, that's real. Okay. And it was really there. Okay. And it's the kind of thing where just like the Children's Institute, you're like, somebody made this up, and it's not a good idea. <laughs> Laugh in the Dark is dumb. Yeah, yeah. It's a bad name. Yeah, and it's not spelled right. It's not spelled right, and it doesn't look fun, uh-uh. funny, or scary. Uh-uh. It just looks like, a, it almost looks like where the bathrooms should be. <laughs> okay. Picture, if you will, the prop man from the Six Million Dollar Man has to go into Laugh in the Dark uh-huh and look at all the shit that's been stuck in there and be like, okay, well, if the shot goes through here, we're uh-huh. going to be looking at this, 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 and this. Is this what we want? Uh-huh. Or do we actually bring in things that are interesting looking? <laughs> and so as he does that, uh, it says, in the ride, there's a tunnel where various ghosts, ghouls, skeletons, and demons pop out at you as your car is jerked side to side in the dark. Sounds fun. I mean, you know what it make you do? L-A-F-F laugh. That's for <laughs> sure. So, the prop guy is fixing shit up. He sees there's a mannequin hanging from a noose in the corner. So he probably was like, I don't know if the kids will love that. Uh-huh. Now that we've got the Bigfoot crowd following us, sure. we might, we might want to take the noose out of the shot. Yeah. He goes up to grab the mannequin, and he ends up pulling its arm off. And then when he looks at the arm, there's a bone inside oh, of it. Oh, no. Spooky Halloween. Not only a bone, but tissue-like flesh around the bone. Gross. So he puts that arm down very gingerly, and then he proceeds to scream for 11 (laughs) days in the dark. Stays there. He stays there. Right in the dark, screaming. 11 days. (laughs) Uh, Where did I go? Oh, that's right at the bottom of the page. Wow. Scream. Oh, I put screams for 11 years. Days is funnier. Years is too long. We have to edit on the fly. We have to know that everything is fixable. (laughs) Who's she? That's the opposite of drunk Karen. I hate her. This, okay, prepare yourselves. If you brought like a baby or something, turn it away. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, seriously? This is what was found. Oh, shit, no! In the dark. Why? See where the arm was broken yeah. off? That's how it was hanging. No. When the guy thought, still thought it was a mannequin over there. No, that looks... No. No, right? The answer is yes or no. 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 I okay. don't want to go on this ride either, please. Are you going to make me go on this ride? Yeah, okay. you have to. No, you have to. <laughs> um, That's horrible. It, also, I can't tell if somebody photoshopped it red, which if you did... Hats off to you, because it makes it 
that picture's awful and it looks like something that'd be like a creepypasta you're reading where you're yeah. like, this isn't real. Yeah. A child wrote this and then that would be the picture underneath the article. This, on the other hand, well, that looks like tandoori chicken, oh. which is... Delicious. It's scary in a different way. Oh. It's scary in a... It's heightened. Okay. Oh, my God. So here's what's happening. It turns out the mannequin was Elmer McCurdy, an Old West outlaw who died in a gunfight what? with police 65 years earlier. Holy shit. Right? In 1911, Elmer McCurdy, the mischief-making vagabond... <laughs> It's the best nickname of all time. It's super long. You can't remember it. <laughs> he robbed a train in Oklahoma, and then he took his $46 and bottle of whiskey. Which at that time was? $17,000. That's right. And he fled to Kansas. When the police found him, they, uh, they, he hid in a big haystack, because this is a Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> and... They start a shootout. He says, you'll never take me alive. And they're like, sounds great. It's a deal. <laughs> and they kill him. And then his body is taken to a funeral home. It sits at the funeral home. No one ever claims it. So the undertaker, who uh, saw it's 1911. So mm -hmm. he's like, I need money. We all need money. This is the Wild West. Mm -hmm. So what he does is he puts Elmer's body out in front of the funeral home, mm -mm. still in his um, casket. And he, the setup is, you can come look at him if you put a nickel in his mouth. <laughs> Do we have the no. picture? No. You have a photo? What? Go right up. Fuck? Go right up, little girl. What's wrong? He looks like Ted Bundy, kind of. Well, no, I see how you think he's cute. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I never said. I didn't. Oh, my God. That is terrifying. Man, you, you try to live your life as a bank robber or whatever, with respect, and you end up being a fucking bank for children. Yeah. <laughs> not cool. That's not cool. Um, but it doesn't end there. Okay. Because uh, that goes on for a while. And then in 1915, two guys from a carnival come and say they're Elmer's brothers, and they're there to take him away to be buried. I don't believe him. And the undertaker's like, oh, okay. And then he... <laughs> like opens up his butt oh. and all the nickels fall out. Uh. Stop it. Stop it. That's not funny. It's like a Don't say that. Gumball machine. <laughs> How else do you get the nickels out? Like what's the thinking? We How, were all what wondering. was he going to do? Yeah, we wanted to know. How'd you get them nickels? <laughs> um so the two brothers aren't real brothers, they're other carnival owners, and so Elmer then becomes an attraction at their traveling carnival, and he's displayed as the bandit who wouldn't give up. Jeez, this sounds like a Scooby-Doo cartoon. It, yes. There should definitely be a big stacked up sandwich somewhere yeah. in this. Oh, you eat one bite. Yeah. How did he do it? He was so thin, and he could eat all the tall sandwiches Ugh, he wanted. So jealous. I hate Shaggy. Okay. <laughs> so... When the body is considered no longer in mint condition... Oh, sorry. There's always these beauty standards that yeah. we have to live <laughs> up to. Oh. They change uh, the act, and he then is displayed as the 1,000-year-old man. Great. Yeah. The hits keep coming. Yeah. Carl Reiner's like, that was my idea. Uh, thank you. 
Someone listens to comedy records from the 40s. I'm not alone anymore. This goes on for 60 years. Mm-mm, yes, no, them too just many. displaying this man willy-nilly at carnivals, wax museums, haunted houses, and then he finally ends up at Pike's Amusement Park um, where they applied a nice coat of paint to him. Great. And they hung him in Laugh in the Dark. They thought uh, the, uh, whatever you call, authorities believed that he was hanging there for four years before he was discovered. Um, they took his body back to Oklahoma and buried him in 1977, which we have a picture of. Is it going to be so his body? The- oh, great. Yeah, Finally. That's, that's nice. Uh, although, after they buried him, they did pour an extra slab of concrete over his casket so he wouldn't get out and wander about again. I, you guys, that doesn't happen. And also, he didn't do it in the first place. <laughs> they did it to him. Right. He it's wasn't not, like, you know where I want to go next? And he's like, no, you stay down there. I'd love to, motherfuckers. <laughs> I wanted to do this 65 years ago. And that's the story of Elmer McCurdy, the mannequin at the carnival. Oh. Amazing. I found that one so long ago. I'm so happy for you. I ha- <laughs> no, I really... <laughs> so, I I'm, I'm so, so happy, happy for you. you. No, that, that was... Yeah, that was a good one. Thanks. Good job. Thank you so much. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash 
slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Do we have time for a costume contest? It's a costume contest. You want to see? Watch this. Here we go. Oh my God. (laughs) What's going on? I'm dressed as Elvis. Yes, you are. Vince Averill, everybody, tour manager. Vince Averill. Vince, if I hadn't already married you, I would marry their shit out of you. Just for this? (laughs) Yes, truly. Uh, Real quick, the the Bigfoot on Six Million Dollar Man, Andre the Giant. Oh! Mm -hmm. Are you serious? Absolutely. Absolutely. Double marry. Double marry. Now it's a double wedding, me and you and him. Trick or treat, ladies. I'll be right back. Thank you. Oh my God. He's also in character as Elvis. I know. He's not just but wearing like, the our, outfit. Our cat is named Elvis, guys, for anyone who's new. That's, get it? So Vince went around and pulled some interesting, some of interest uh, costumes. costumes out of the audience. If you're sitting there with your perfectly put together girl from the ring and you're like, mine's better, it might be. Yep, you're you know, we right. just We just wanted to highlight some efforts. Yeah, just a couple of cool why, people. Why are we so defensive about the costume <laughs> contest? You all look great, by you the do, way. You really do, thank you so much. Those of you dressed up, where are they, Vince? <laughs> They're all backstage. Oh. Um, just chilling so out. Cute. Cause get it? El- my cat's Elvis. I do. It's like a it's like a play on words. That's so cute. Yeah. And it's that's so smart. not like him. I'm just really happy about yeah, that. Yeah, he's not he doesn't take big swings. He's a very low-key person. Yeah. 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 And with the gesturing, I don't know what we're waiting for right now. I he's mean, fired, clearly. Yeah. Everyone's fired tonight at the entire Microsoft. You know, today, uh, when I was driving to work, there was a girl wearing a really tight rogue costume. She was dressed as rogue, but like in real latex, I think. Or like, it was just this thing, and she had the hugest butt. And so as I drove by, I was like, yeah! (laughs) It's like, on Halloween, you put it out there, and if you're going to put it out there, you should be supported by other big-butted girls, I think. (laughs) Put it out there! People like it! They love it. I love it. All right, let's get our... Vince, pick these costumes. Let's see what he's brought out. What should we got? Yeah! Oh, my God, I love that movie. You look amazing. What's happening? It's Lilu. Hey. Nice to meet you guys. What's your name? My name's Jessica, but I'm also the Supreme Bean. Hi, Julie. Say it again. I'm Jessica, but I'm also the Supreme Bean. The Supreme Bean? Yeah. That's right. I thought the Supreme Bean was that lady that sang opera. Nope. It's Lilu. I'm going over here. I protect you. Oh, wait a second. It's Ruby It's Ruby Ron. Ron. <laughs> yeah. What's your name? Katie. You look Katie, amazing. Nice to you. It's Katie. You're such a little peanut. I love it. <laughs> I'm a peanut. <laughs> oh, there she is. It's a notorious Jolie. RBG. A notorious RBG. Amazing. Yeah. What's your name? Thank you. Great nice job, one. you guys. Good job. Thank you for dressing up. You yeah. look incredible. That's her Wednesday outfit. <laughs> it's, just, it's just my Wednesday outfit. Yes. <laughs> so I love it. <laughs> cool. Um, I don't know. What do you guys want to do now? 
was just going to stand here for the rest of the night. Okay, cool. It's my bedtime, but I mean, is there a contest? Well, um, I think you guys all three already won. Here, I have... Um, oh, what you got? Georgia's got some prizes for I you. I have um, I can't take some... <laughs> you don't, it's not candy. Relax, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a, for Christ's sake. Here's a, here, I'm going to give you my pin, because I didn't bring three. <laughs> the pin off your jacket? Oh, because yeah, you only have two? Here you go. Good yeah. job, nice. everybody. Good job. Thank you. Yes. Good job, everyone. <laughs> give him a hand. Thank you. I think that's it. Thank you so much. I do have to give a shout out to my girlfriend, Lisa. She's the Hi, Lisa. Oh, are you a hanger on? A little bit. I'm trying to become a murderino. Get out. Oh, you're too oh. late. <laughs> too late. Good job. Hi, what's your name? John. John, where the fuck were you? Lost. Really? I have no idea where to go. <laughs> Did you have to get up here by yourself? Well, no one said my name. Oh, that's because you didn't get picked. <laughs> God, Halloween is tough sometimes, isn't it? Do you have another pin for John? No, I don't. I'm sorry. What you got? My food. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Give my hand. Thanks, yeah, that's it. That's all. Here. Yeah. Good job. We didn't really have a plan. No. No, we just want you around. Yeah. yeah, good job. Thanks, you guys. You can just go get lost, kind of wander backstage. Yeah. And I go think there's some, there's hockey next door. Oh, there's one more. Oh, oh. He's dressed as a serial killer. Is Come there? On. Let's see. Uh-oh, fa- holy, it's fucking Ed Kemper. Oh, my you God. Guys, it's it's Kemper. Cameron Britton. <laughs> Cameron Britton from Cameron HBO's Britton. Mind Hunter is here. Right? We had a reason for doing that. <laughs> it was a big mess. Here, come sit down with us. Yeah. 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 How'd you like our costume contest, Cameron? <laughs> Pretty good? Hello. It was. It was great. <laughs> this is my version of my own costume. It's, re- <laughs> it's not it's, great. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have tennis shoes on, like New Balance on the day. <laughs> But this was what I auditioned in. This was the shirt. Is that true? Really? Yeah, this is it. How many times did you have to audition? I auditioned uh, six times. Really? I know. And they told me that no one else had to, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody else. (laughs) Jonathan Groff was like, no, I did twice. Wow. (laughs) Maybe they just um, wanted to see you act more. Yeah. Did you know who Ed Kemper was when you went in? No, I had no idea. You didn't? No, but I could tell by the the script that I was sent, uh, I was only sent a few pages, there was something about it, it just didn't seem like it was um, made up by a writer, it seemed like quotes. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, so, very grounded, yeah, very grounded so writing. I just got a feeling, I typed Ed Kemper into YouTube, and I went down a rabbit hole yeah. of, a, of a long time, that, I can, I'll never forget, like we went that night, you know, I did, I, I did a self-tape, and then uh, we went to a bar in North Hollywood, and uh, my friends and I were talking about, like, okay, I just had this audition. This guy really did, and I like, went through the list of all the things he did to his mom, and, like, we're all just drinking, like, oh, my God, that's the craziest thing. <laughs> and then I was like, you guys, I got a callback for that. And like, really? And then I was like, you guys, I got another callback for that. And they're like, that's great. And I was like, you guys, I got another callback for that. <laughs> and it just kind of kept going 
over six weeks. Wow. wow. Yeah. But then it ended up uh, that you got an Emmy nomination yeah. for that yeah. role that you did. Yeah. That's a pretty good feeling, right? Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was pretty emotional, actually. This was, it was my first guest star at 31, and it's led to being here <laughs> talking to 7,000 people. Look at it. This could all be yours. This could all be yours. And we, and we had the Emmys there, and I sat right down there. Wow. Oh, to, the uh, oh right that's right, because they held them here. Yeah, I was right next to Jane Lynch. We were down the down Emmys there. were a practice for this show. That's yeah, yeah, that was what it was. Yeah. And I didn't get on stage that night, yeah. but I'm here now, so I'm on stage. That's, that's right. <laughs> and we're giving you our version of an Emmy. <laughs> oh, the Steffi. <laughs> <laughs> so how long did you have to because you you played Ed Kemper so beautifully that uh, it made me a little terrified of you when I met you earlier yeah because it was so good and real how long did you have to like practice being the biggest creep well TV never rehearses uh, but we rehearsed we rehearsed a lot actually uh, we discussed it a lot and I had a few months before the first shoot which we shot it in order uh, and then uh, maybe a few months later, I did the next one. Finally, so it was nine months in character. I just kind of passed up auditions and stuff. Wow. So I just focused on him for nine months, which in TV, again, as a guest star, is impossibly rare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, and that's the show, you know. It, it, if anyone there hasn't seen it, it, it's, uh, it goes all out in making it as authentic as possible. Yeah. You know, there's no, I love Hannibal Lecter, but it's so over the top. Uh, this is much more grounded. Well, because they're real people. I mean, it's that thing where we read these stories and we talk about the, the facts of these cases that are so, you just can't believe, um, you know, a guy cut his own mother's head off and buried her in the backyard no. facing the house. All, it's like no. shit where you're like, what? But I then it's like, can't. it's a real person. It's yeah. a real person that did that. Yeah. yeah. I still can't believe. It's weird, because, you know, like, Stalin murdered millions of people, but still, like, if you cut your mom's head off and you have sex with it, we're still like, what? Yes. What? Yes. No, you didn't. <laughs> and then he's six foot nine, and his IQ is, like, 145, and yeah. the guy's just... Did you have to... You're not six foot nine. I'm six five. I mean, I didn't mean that as an insult. <laughs> no. Plenty tall. No. I have But no did problems. you have to wear heels? <laughs> Uh, I did. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> high heels? It was, yeah, it was it was boots with high heels on it, uh, and then I mean like, those hurt like hell. Like yeah, they night. fucking do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, try it at three hundred pounds, girls. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but a lot of that stuff. Like I took my shoes off, so not to you know take you out of the moment. But if you're watching the show and my feet are under a table, there's a good chance I have no shoes on. <laughs> Chilling back, you know. Yeah, Hippie Ed Kemper. <laughs> Secrets of Hollywood. Right. You know what's really funny, too, is that, like, talking to you, it's not totally dissimilar. It's not like this, you know. Uh, but when you were Ed Kemper, there was no light in your eyes. Mm -hmm. you, you were the most dead-eyed reptilian person. <laughs> Thank you. Right? It's not, that's crazy. I worked really hard on that dead-eyed thing. You, you turned that light out real good. Uh, Christian Bale talked about, he, he based a lot of American Psycho off of Tom Cruise because he noticed <laughs> that his smile never reaches his eyes. Whoa. That was his thing. So is there is a way, actors, you can practice just killing your eyes. You know? Oh, my God. It's a weird thing. 
We should start a Hollywood gossip podcast. Yeah. So fucking lootly. The three of us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, let's start. <laughs> right oh here God. tonight. Oh, my God. Russell Crowe and Dakota Fanning went out. And, no, I doubt they did ever. Were you, you have a, um, a hometown murder story, right? I do. I do. <laughs> hometown murder story. It's an old family secret that uh, my grandmother didn't, she didn't know that she had two uncles uh, until she was 18 years old. It was so secret. But all the people involved are dead now, so they don't care. So I'm going to tell you. Those are the best ones. The best ones. You can make the most jokes on those ones. Let's talk about the dead. (laughs) So let's go back to 1897. This house was built on this property my family still has. We still camp on it, but at that time it was sheep herding country. Uh, Where is this? This is in Casadero, California, Mm -hmm. which you may know. Mm -hmm. There's no way. (laughs) (laughs) There are, to this day, 400 people living in the town. <laughs> they're not here tonight. They're all so. here tonight. <laughs> they're, all, they're all here. Yes, even the mayor. We could all become our own army and just take over Casadero, <laughs> yes. all of us in a whim. So, so it's, uh, this is even further up north than that. This is way out in the woods of Northern California. Uh, and my great-grandfather grew up in this house, and uh, he'd ride a mule to school and everything. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So, so when he, okay, so his two older brothers, Don and James, uh, James murdered Don. Spoiler <gasps> alert. James, James was, uh, he, he had a complicated birth, so they think he had a lack of oxygen. So he had, like, the mind of, like, an eight-year-old, mm. and he... Uh, his mother, Anna, brought him to a mental institution and brought him in and looked around and then decided, no, it's not right for him, which is, you know, unfortunate because sometime later, uh, Don and James were down at the barn and we're really not sure on the dispute. We think Don was heading to San Francisco and that made James jealous because in that day, just going to San Francisco was amazing. It's a big that deal. It was just like, oh, you're the coolest guy I've ever met. That's so. how it was in my town too when I was growing up. <laughs> Wait, how old were the boys? They were in their 20s okay. at this point, but my great-grandfather's, the younger brother, he was like, he was like seven. So uh, I'm whispering. Like, I know, it's scary. <laughs> gather around, gather around, oh everyone. God, you guys. So then, uh, so they're having a dispute, and James was known. Um, the children were all scared of him growing up for these violent outbursts he'd have. And they got in a dispute, and he grabbed the axe off <gasps> the barn door, and he, and he murdered Dawn. And... Anna, the mother, heard it and ran down to the barn and found James covered in blood. And when my mom tells it, she goes, and it's really upsetting for James because he was a clean freak. That wasn't really <laughs> like, I don't know if you need the icing on the cake. Like also, yeah. he was upset because of the, 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 his brother's blood on him. It's sticky, you know. Uh, so, but Anna is kind of a baller. I still can't believe that she would do this. She, she said, I got it handled. And she she stayed with James alone in this, in this wilderness with her son who just murdered her other son. And she sent George, my, my grand, uh, great-grandfather, uh, at seven years old to the nearest house to get help. And that was two miles away <laughs> oh, in the dark shit. in the woods. In the dark. In the, in the, dark, woods. In the woods. In the dark in the woods. So like, no. it's like a bad day and then it's like a really bad day. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's not great. Um, and thankfully he doesn't remember much of it. But, uh, uh, James went to a mental institution and he died there. And yeah, my grandma never knew 
until she was 18. Uh, and then four more people died of, you know, old age or, or just the stuff that people died of all the time in the day. Uh, and in that house, and that house got very haunted. My mother seen ghosts in there. And then we would go camp and sleep in this house. And we'd be like, we want to go to Disneyland. And she'd be like, no, we're going. You've got to remember your history. We're like, but oh, our history no. is horrifying. Don't remember your history. Don't remember your history. You can learn nothing. And, <laughs> and so, uh, and, and that's really it. Uh, Jesus. That's really, like, what more do you want? I mean, listen, I mean, people. Layer upon layer. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. And do you think, did you bring a little James into the Kemper characterization? I don't know. Maybe he's in there. Maybe he's in there right now. You know what was in there was uh, Robert California from The Office. Again, (laughs) not to ruin it. But it wasn't like I was like, and a little Robert California, like sprinkling. It just happened. And then James Stewart, I I just felt like there was a little bit of a... A polite, polite yes the formality story. you're right and then a lot of my dad <laughs> <laughs> who is ed kemper right yeah now but that's another home yeah. what's next for cameron britain yeah oh uh girl in the spider's web comes out november 9th uh Ooh. claire foy is the best she's everything you'd hope she'd be and then um <laughs> Okay, so February 15th, a new Netflix show called Umbrella Academy comes out. What's that about? That one is a comic book series uh, brought to live action. Uh, Mary J. Blige and I play two assassins. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Give it to me now. Yeah. It's me and Mary J. Blige traveling through time. <laughs> and assassinating uh, the good guys. Did Sorry, you win the, two the lottery? Twins from The Shining are walking Oh, yeah. oh they're so upset distracted. they have to leave. Oh, you upset goodness. the twins from The Shining. Oh, I'm not playing with you forever and ever and ever. Um, they're not there. What are you talking about? I don't, I don't see oh any God, twins don't from do The Shining. Bye. <laughs> um, and you, you, there, we can't talk about whether or not you're on the next season of Mindhunter, but you, but you can tell us one thing about someone else who's on it. Yeah. Right. Uh, I uh, I found out that uh, they'll have Charles Manson as an interview. Um, you heard it her first, the, kid. The same. <laughs> yeah. The same. Um, the same actor is actually playing Manson again in. Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, so this guy is like so good at it. He's, he's Australian. Whoa. Um, and uh, they got the makeup artist from The Darkest Hour uh, who just won an Academy Award. So this dude looks like Manson. And then they'll cover the Atlanta child murderers. Wow. Um, Creepy. Yeah. So you're going to see Holden Ford, you know, not just uh, do, do uh, studies. He's going to be in the field practicing and trying to actually catch bad guys. And, and we're going to see a little of that BTK, right? Because that was yeah. got, got laid in real subtle. Yeah. I let, My favorite thing is yeah. people who don't follow true crime, and they would watch Mindhunter and then go, who's the guy with the mustache? <laughs> really upset, and I'd be like, mm, it's mm. BTK. I don't know. <laughs> don't I knew it immediately, it. but whatever. Type in Wichita, Kansas, <laughs> and then serial killer, and then yes. go down another rabbit hole. Just keep going down those rabbit holes. Goodbye. Um, when he got arrested, the because he sent a floppy disk in in 2001. Uh-huh. Did you guys cover him? BTK, I, I think I did. Bit. Yeah, so, I can't remember. So he he? he sent in a floppy yes. disk to the cops, and he said, "Do you we, yeah. do you will you guys be able to to pull up deleted files?" And they said, "No." <laughs> 
we can't do that. And then they pulled up deleted files and they found him and they pulled him over and the cop said, uh, you know why I pulled you over? And Dennis Rader said, I have a pretty good idea. And, <laughs> and that's the oh story. Oh my God, <laughs> what a creep. Yeah. I cannot wait for Mindhunter and yeah. we were so we thought of this of having you and then we were like because it was truly like dream the Ooh. dream idea and the uh, the fact that you said yes and that you're here with us tonight is yeah. so awesome thank you so, so much thank you so much absolutely so exciting thank you guys so much Cameron Britton everybody <laughs> thank you yay celebrities He has a lot of ballet training. <laughs> we have another guest. We have one more guest. Yes. It's very exciting. It's Josh Mankiewicz from Josh Dateline. Josh Mankiewicz from Dateline. Come on out here. Come on out. <laughs> we have to rehearse our cues. We're not good at this. Josh Look, it's Mankiewicz. Josh Mankiewicz from Dateline. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I said that too fast. Well, it was good. <laughs> here, come sit here. Let's pull our chairs back a little. Well, okay. if, uh, if you work for Dateline, you dream about one day sitting in the chair that Ed Kemper sat. <laughs> yeah. um, the voice, you guys. It's Josh Mankiewicz's voice. Okay, all, all I'm going to tell you about the voice is that uh, when I started in this business, which was before either of you were born, um, <laughs> Um, I work for a different network. Um, I will not identify that network, but Good. its initials are ABC. Oh. Uh, and they sent me, because I had this voice, they sent me to something like fifty dollars to $100,000 worth of voice coaching lessons to, to, get me, to get me to sound like every other announcer on the radio. <laughs> and I did my absolute best. Um, but I... I tried, but it didn't work. This is the voice I went in with. This is the voice I came out with. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, we're glad. It works for us. Yeah. Now, you guys, Dateline, um, you guys have followers that have a name for themselves, right? Um, we, uh, we've, you mean like murderinos? Well, yeah, don't, isn't, don't, aren't there Dateline heads or something? <laughs> Dateline? Uh, there's a there uh, on Twitter. There's a there's a there's a group called Dateline Divas. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. There may be some of them here today. Sure. Um, yeah. It's a uh, it's a big community, not tremendously unlike this one. Uh, uh, devoted and, uh, and and they know all the details of the stories. Like people come up to me in airports and they inevitably say two things. One is they say. Uh, I was watching Murder at the Crossroads and I fell asleep. What happened? <laughs> oh my God. You're just supposed to tell the rest of the case. Clearly, I've put millions of Americans to sleep. Uh, it's the yeah. voice. Yeah, it's, uh, they're out. Um, and the other thing is they, they say to me something that they saw not on Dateline, but where Dateline gets repurposed on ID or, or one of the other channels that it runs on. And they say, they, they talk about a murder from like six or seven years ago. And they go, okay, um, what ha the, the guy who killed his wife. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm gonna need a little more than that. Yeah. Um, 
and then eventually we figure it out. But I always think when you guys are interviewing, um, like you know how sometimes you interview the husband because he's claimed that he's right. innocent, that whole thing. Like, have you ever had an experience where you're interviewing one of those people and it's like creeping you out, or you have to take a break, or like you know they're full of shit in some way? Well, frequently you know that they're full of shit, but <laughs> but uh, which we can't really say on Dateline. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, first of all, uh, frequently by the time we're talking to someone who's the accused murderer, they're either the accused murderer, or by the time we're talking to them, they're the convicted murderer. Mm. Um, but you know, we try and talk to everybody in the story, and everybody gets their gets their say. That doesn't mean that I don't get to poke holes in in whatever their defense was. But usually, by the time people are sitting across from me, they are on their best behavior because they're trying to you know this is all a big conspiracy. My you know my my wife's family is out to get me. Uh, I'm really not guilty. So usually they're not scary. Now there was a guy last year. Uh, in Montana, whose girlfriend disappeared and has not been found. Yeah, shout out to Montana with <laughs> all those all those places to hide a body. Um, yeah, yeah. Congratulations! Um, uh, and she's never been found. And we were speaking with him, and he was locked up at this point. And he got very angry that I was questioning his version of events. And he started yelling at me. And normally they're shackled. And normally, like, if we're on camera, like, right there is some big corrections officer. But in this case, they were sort of out in the hall. And he wasn't actually shackled. And I thought to myself, this guy's going to kick my ass. Because he's a lot bigger than I am and a lot younger. Um, But then he, I think, realized that that was... Uh, not going to be the preferred part of the correctional experience, and he <laughs> he did not, and he calmed down, and then he he got up and left, and then we got him to come back, and you know, wow. um, it ended up it worked out okay. But no, I mean, turns out he was freaked out, no, and <laughs> and, and, and uh, right, and afraid for my safety, probably only that one time, but most of the time, like you're talking to somebody and you either know or believe that the story they're telling you is not true, mm-hmm. but you know, you're sort of more interested in the give and take of the interview. Yeah. You know. It is great when they think they're getting away with lying. Or like yeah. that they really are, look. Right. I'm uh, so smart. Yeah. I'm going to convince right. you. It's is there a thing. case that's either your favorite or least favorite or the one you get asked about the most? The one I get asked about all the time is the murder of Tom and Jackie Hawks right here in Southern California uh, off the coast by Newport. Um, right. by, uh, I'm sure you know this, many of you know this story. Um, a, a, a guy wanted to steal their boat. Uh, they put it up for sale, and he he persuaded them to take them to take him out on a on a essentially a test drive. He brought along a friend of his who was a gang member that he'd hired off some corner, I think, in Long Beach. Um, and they and they yeah again shout out to LBC. And, uh, they know uh, the LBC knows who they and, are. And um, uh, and they took him to the Gap to dress him in a way that what? made him look inoffensive. Yes. Uh, oh. The Gap's not like a sponsor of yours or anything. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 So, uh, pick up some uh, socks this week, three for five. So, so, they, so they took this gang member to the Gap, and then the, 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 these people let him on the boat, and they ended up paying for it in a horrible way. Um, 
And that's a story I get asked about all the time. And all the people involved, uh, uh, they're locked up now. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. so creepy. I hate those ones that are the cold case ones. What was your first, uh, can you remember the first one that you ever reported on? The first, uh, the first murder? Yeah. Uh, Brianna Dennison in, in Reno, Nevada. I'm still in touch with her mom. Really? years later, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know, you end up, you know, if you're doing this, or at least if you're doing it right, you end up sort of staying in touch with these people in your life because you spend a lot of time with them over a very short period of time and you end up becoming very close to them sort of as you talk about their story because you're talking about, you know, the, the thing they're never going to get over. Yeah. I mean, there's this, this myth that that uh, locking people up is somehow, you know, makes everything okay for the families. It doesn't. And, you know, so you end up getting much closer to these people than, than maybe you otherwise might. And so, yeah, I'm still in touch with a lot of these people. And that was, that was, a, uh, that was a terrible story. Mm -hmm. um, Amazing. Like all of them. And that was, in, that was in, I think, 2006, 2007, by which time I'd already been at Dateline 10 years, but we didn't start doing true crime until then. Yeah. Wow. Do you want to plug anything? What's coming up next? Well, let's see. I'm a, I have like three or four things in production right now, but I don't know when they're going to be on the air. Are any the, of them with Mary J. Blige? No, none of them. <laughs> okay. I can't say. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. yeah, no, you're um, right, you're right. Yeah, I, that, that would be inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, um, this Friday is a, a great story in uh, South Carolina that's reported by Andrea Canning, uh, the story that took place, I think, in 2013, uh, like two or three different trials. Uh, and, you know, the stories that, that, I mean, at Dateline, we always try and sort of draw a line in between the story, which is extremely sad, and the storytelling, which can be kind of fun. And, I mean, we don't say, uh, here's a story about a guy who was accused of killing his wife, but it turned out to be the next door neighbor, now stick around for 59 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Right? We, we draw it out, as you know. So, uh, the hardest stories to tell are the ones in which the obvious suspect ends up being the guilty party. Mm -hmm. This is not one of those stories. Oh. There's a bunch of different places to go with the narrative, and Andrea Canning does a great job with it. So that's this Friday on Dateline. Awesome. Cool. Well, we've been Twitter friends with you for so long. I'm so glad we finally got you on. I'm so the thrilled show. to be here. Thank you so much. And you know, I, I, I fly around the country all the time doing these stories, and and now when I fly around the country, I'm listening to the two of you. Oh, yeah, so. what? Come on. You guys, amazing. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Josh Mankiewicz, everyone. And Josh Mankiewicz from Dateline, everybody. <laughs> Good job. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, Happy yeah. Halloween him off the stage. Oh, my God. You guys, we we did it. We Halloween. You got. I can't believe what an incredible audience you guys yeah. have been. You are triple the size we're used to talking to, and you were twice as quiet as any. I mean. I, in my mind, I was backstage telling Georgia, who was just like, look, they're going to be talking the entire time. You have to get ready for that. You need to be prepared. That's all I do to we'll her start all by day telling long. them to shut up and we'll yell at them. I bet the bar lines were really long and everyone couldn't get shit-faced. Oh, that's right. You went from... Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's people in the front row going, that's fucking right. Uh, you owe me four drinks. <laughs> they 
spent they spent all their drink money on parking. So yeah, that's right. Money to, um, we got it. We, we owe you one. We should have snuck you a Coors Light. That's Damn right. it! I'm so sorry. sorry. Um, you can you go guys. to the yard house. All our friends are there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we really did start talking and became friends at this Halloween party, and I and we had talked all night, and we were like, "Let's meet for lunch. I want to talk to you more." We were talking about true crime, and we met and talked for five hours at <laughs> Cafe One Hundred and One. You guys know that place. <laughs> And they let you sit there for five hours and just right. keep drinking coffee. They it's do. pretty chill. And a little while later, I think I texted you, do you want to start a true crime podcast with me? Because all I wanted to do was keep talking to Karen about true crime because I hadn't met anyone who was excited to talk about theories and favorite cases and, you know, all these horrible things, these things that happen that are so awful, but I felt like I could talk to her about it. And so we started this podcast in my old little apartment in... Uh, 20. 16 yeah right? and yeah. little and um yeah and little armenia and n- now <laughs> in real armenia yeah. it was a <laughs> it was war-torn hard. summer and now uh we're downtown at the microsoft theater doing the largest fucking live podcast ever um, and unbelievable. i can't believe it i honestly i I'm blown away. We're so fucking honored and thrilled to be here and appreciate you guys so much showing up on Halloween and supporting <laughs> us through this whole thing. It's incredible. We, we do uh, spend a lot of time uh, in between trying to answer emails quickly. Um, it, we spend a lot of time staring at each other going, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> um, and you guys have basically given us this humongous gift. For some reason, you, it was like you were all just sitting there waiting for, to have this conversation with us. And you were there from day one. You have turned out show after show. Um, everything we everything we do, you're so supportive and you're also creating communities with each other. And it is such a powerful thing to watch all of these people come together under the guise of true crime yeah. and actually raise money and make friends and deal with anxiety and do stuff that's such a hard thing to do alone and now you're not alone anymore. It's the fucking coolest thing yeah. and you're doing it. You guys are doing it for each other. Yeah. Thank it's you amazing. guys for letting us do this. This is our dream job. Thank you for being here. And uh, and we have to thank... Um, right. <laughs> we have to thank with Microsoft Theater. They made us a fucking rug among rug. many other things. They're so supportive and excited. There's a lot of, apparently, mur- we've been told murderinos that work here, which is the coolest thing. Yeah. Um, but we also have to thank our agent, Joe Swartz. The first year of touring goes, what if you did a live show on Halloween? And we're like, shut up. <laughs> and... Um, and then he was like, how about the Microsoft? 7,000 people were like, shut no, up. We were no like, one no. will come. Why are you trying to set us up for failure all the time? Yeah. Um, but, he, but he did it. He convinced us to do it, and you guys sold it out. Yeah. And so thank you, Joe Schwartz, for letting us sass you constantly. <laughs> And for setting up these tours and the live shows. And thanks, you guys, for buying these tickets yeah. and making it a thing. We're so thrilled. That's right. Thank We're you. We're just to so thrilled. Steven and to Vince for supporting us. Yes. We love it. Thanks, you guys. Stay sexy. And don't Bye. Thank you.